listening to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back for another express post from the Women's World Cup. We're recording today. It is Thursday and it's the last day of the group stage, which is a little bit sad. We're sad to see it go, but we still have a fair few matches to talk about from the group stage and some just unbelievable results. So we can't wait to get into all of it. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Yagara people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today, it's your two favourite members of the Far Post podcast, Marissa Lordanik and Anna Harrington. If you heard me make this joke yesterday with Angela. I was going to say, did you make this joke yesterday with Angela? No, no, I didn't. Be cool. Like, no, I didn't. <clears throat> Relax. Um, but no, it's just the two of us today and we're going to... I love how every single one of you do that whenever I say that. We're going to speed run. We are going to go full express post. but. That being said, there is still a lot of fun things to talk about. So we will start with the Tillies because obviously the people love a Tillies update. So Harrow, a little Tillies update as a treat for the listeners. Friend of the pod, Gwen, in Brisbane. And we are back in Brisbane, made it very clear that what the people want is the Tillies update at the start of the pod. And who are we to deny Gwen? Anyway, Tilly's update, pretty brief. Like They got back to Brisbane, um, back into preparations now for this round of 16 game. Obviously, it's going to be Denmark, um, which is exciting. Um, but, yeah, not too much to come of it. Uh, they were getting a, a day off and that sort of thing. They're fully into regular routine today. Um, but, yeah, I think just check out those of us that are on the beat. Um, I have a couple of stories with Claire Hunt, like just uh, one, obviously, the rise of Claire Hunt. How good is Claire Hunt? Um I think a few people would have seen that Opta stats map about her having something like 97% passing efficiency um, from her passes uh, inside her own inside her own half, I want to say, um, and just how high her passing efficiency is um, amongst defenders. She's one of the best in the tournament, which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, just for AAP, I did a little spin-off sort of piece about how I, I reckon Hunt and obviously Kyra Cooney-Cross, the two that are putting their names well and truly in the shop window and what that can do. So... Yeah, exciting times, but very much back into into routine today. So, yes, from tomorrow, I look forward to the return of exciting segments such as what's the go with Sam Kerr's calf? But for today, at least, no update. The people have missed Sam Kerr calf watch update. I finally learned how to say that. Just quickly. Have they? Yeah, probably not. I haven't. Um, <laughs> Just quickly, now that we know it's definitely Denmark, what are your initial thoughts on... Denmark as a round of 16 opponent. I think we shouldn't listen to any of my thoughts on this because in my head I was like, Denmark would be great because I feel like if we played China, um, they would have played really defensively, sat back and made our lives really difficult and we saw how the Tillies can struggle with a team that does that. Um, I don't know, they sort of mixed results against them the last couple of years. Obviously the loss to them early in the Tony tenure, I think what you can look at is um, as well the – 3-1 3-1 win in October last year. That sort of really, I thought, sparked that turnaround. It was one of those big sort of pivotal games. It was an Ivy Lewick and Claire Polkinghorn centre-back combination. I was having a look. Um, yeah, quite a few different um, players in that lineup. Uh, Tegan Michael was starting in goal. Uh, Claire Hunt hadn't even made her international debut yet, which is wild to me. Like, with 10 months on, we're in a World Cup, and she didn't even play that game. Yeah, I, I think they can go in with some confidence. Like, 
not sort of like brash confidence, but I think they should go, Australia this is, should go into this backing themselves to to get the job done. They've got a much better record against European European opposition now than they did, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, the Den- Denmark will be a bit different, I think, to the team that Australia beat through one because if I remember correctly, Penilla Harder came off the bench in the last game and it was, you know, pretty close to done by that point. It's a pretty different proposition when she's in the starting lineup from the off, which will be the case um, in this knockout game. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't have particularly bad feelings about it. Um, I think I'll be like more excited and nervous and nauseous than that when we get a bit closer. But um, I think after the emotional roller coaster that was last week, all you can do is feel good heading into this. I think that's definitely the overriding feeling. But let's talk about yesterday's games. Like I said, we're recording on a Thursday. So we had the second last day of group stage action and there were some unbelievable results out of this uh, crop of matches. So we had Sweden beating Argentina 2-0. We had South Africa beating Italy 3-2. We had France defeat Panama 6-3. And then the the real outlier of all of these results was Jamaica nil, Brazil nil. So that's where we need to start because that result means Brazil are out of the World Cup at the group stage. And we were watching this at the pub and there was like, it's a weird feeling because I think you think back to that opening group stage game and the football Brazil were playing and there was all of this kind of groundswell of optimism about what this Brazilian side could do um, and how kind of deadly and fun they could be in the knockouts. And now they're not there. So how huge is this that Brazil have been bundled out in the group stage? Bundled out. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's true. It's pretty extraordinary. I agree, Marissa. I think there was a real Brazil hype train after that first game with some of the incredible football they were playing. But when you look at it, um, it's effectively going out in at this point has really come down to not doing the most basic defensive thing that you should do, which is when you play France, you should mark Wendy Renard at a corner. Like that Wendy Renard um, was like 83rd minute goal the other night um, when Brazil were probably the team pressing for a winner before that is, to be honest, what's going to cost them their spot in the World Cup because because France also drew with Jamaica. I think Jamaica deserve a lot of credit. They're so defensively sound. They've not conceded a goal in three games and talk about how wonderful it is in just a moment, but um because then we can be excited. But Brazil, yeah, it, it just felt all off yesterday. Marta, obviously, it, it's so sad for the way for her, the way she's gone out. But I was surprised that they started her in the first place when they'd looked, I thought, really fluid without her in their starting lineup. And then it's similar to the conversation we had about Sam Kerr and her fitness, right? You go, well, if you need something with 10, 15 to go, you bring on Marta, the crowd loses its mind, your teammates get the lift, everyone, you know, wants to do it. Whereas her starting from the off, it I don't think it worked. Um, and you also lose the power of being able to make that big name substitution late in the game. Um, and yet it was weird. Like the first half, they I thought they played pretty dour football, Brazil, and they, they got better after halftime. They, I thought they started to turn the screws a bit. But they just weren't really finding those spaces between the lines. They couldn't really get, you know, Dabinia was often marked by two players. Like it was quite difficult and they didn't seem to have the answers creatively. So... 
yeah, a pretty disappointing way for them to bomb out because, you know, we always love seeing what they can do in these tournaments. Um, hopefully it leaves some reflection. Can you get some more resourcing? Can these players be looked after better? How do you move forward? Like there's going to be so many questions for that federation and, and that team. But if there's one good thing that comes out of it, it's that Jamaica, who have obviously been through so much, like we know this team's been disbanded before, They've been funded, lost the funding, um, treated badly, had to have complaints about their federation. Like they've been through so much and to their credit, they have just defended so, so well. Like you think of the Jamaica team four years ago where it was really like, I think Matilda's put four past them or Sam Kerr put four past them at least. Um, And they just look so much more defensively solid. Becky Spencer was superb in goal last night. And it sort of summed up the match that when Dabinia finally got a really nice look at it. And she did very well to get a header away late in that game as well. Like there was a cluster of players that Spencer had the anticipation and the ability to make the the save. So, yeah, it that's an awesome story in itself. Um, I feel for all those that were Amy Park and didn't see a goal from either team um, because I reckon that place would have gone off. It sounded like the atmosphere was incredible already. But, yeah, Marissa, your thoughts? Sad for Brazil, great for Jamaica. Like, what a, what a story they are. It, it really is. That's the, you know, you're holding two emotions at the same time because I think a lot of the Brazilian sadness is obviously about what kind of football we were missing out now. But uh, the predominant emotion with Brazil is just thinking about Marta and how this is her last World Cup and that was the last time we saw Marta at a World Cup. And I just cannot stop thinking about her post-game interview because we all thought the 2019 one was it. Like that was the peak of Marta speeches. You wanted to run through a wall. You were crying while doing it, but you were ready and you were invincible. And the woman's only gone and topped it with her post-game speech um, after this match. And, you know, she's there, the I suppose the humility and also the the gratefulness from her that, you know, like she knew that this was her world, last World Cup. To be able to experience a last World Cup, she was so grateful. But then she's like, but women's football continues. Like Marta ends here, but women's football continues. And you guys need to get behind it. You need to keep supporting it. I gave myself goosebumps just thinking about it. I just, I would, I would lay down my life for Marta if she asked me to. I'm so sad that she doesn't get the kind of send-off that the greats deserve but it really I feel like um puts into perspective how rare it is that truly great players do get a send-off they deserve so it sucks that Marta wasn't one of those exceptions that gets to go off into the sunset with a trophy and um everything's good and everyone feels fantastic but I'm so glad we got to watch Marta one last time because she is simply unlike any other player we've gotten to watch. Well said, Marissa. And I love that her focus immediately turned to um, everyone else in football. Like for me, it's the end, but it's just the beginning for the others. And she was very humble, went to hug Bunny Shaw and have a chat to her post-match and sort of, you know, took in her own personal disappointment and was able to put that aside um, to recognise what what Jamaica had achieved because it's a hell of an achievement. And, yeah, it is sad that she's not going to get that fairy tale finish at a World Cup or even like a chance to really, you know, get up and going. Like, yeah, it's it's really sad. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of 
these to- tournament football is what you make of it, right? Like, and with Brazil and both Canada going out, it's shown that big moments they they matter. So yeah, it's sad, but I'm excited to see what Jamaica can do now. Do they play Colombia now? I think, oh, it depends on the results today, sorry. Yeah. So it's going to be an exciting sort of next step regardless. It'll be interesting to see how Jamaica handle it in the, the round of 16. Like they've already like surpassed all expectations. Like there really is no pressure. It's see how far you can go, see how far you can take this journey. And, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. And I think um, we're pretty lucky that we had that happen on the same day where we saw South Africa pull off something wonderful as well. Like. Yeah, uh, commiserations to any um, Italians, Italians, Australians listening in. You might want to just tune out for a little bit here. Um, but they, um, South Africa pull off one of the great wins, that 3-2 where there's comebacks, there's dramatic moments, um, there's a bad own goal from an Italy player, like all sorts of things um, to, yeah, put, put themselves through to the round of 16, like entirely on merit, like entirely throwing backs. Look how close they got against Sweden. They really scared them. Um, they had that really hard fought game with Argentina, and then, yeah, when they looked all but all but done, like it looked like Italy were certainties to go through. I can't imagine how deflating it would have been when, um, Drelli put another would be like ceiling goal through. Like she just scores big moments, big time goals. To respond to that in like late, late, late extra time is yeah, just incredible. I can't believe that the way in which they progressed through to the round of 16 for the first time was with their first ever World Cup win. Like, talk about just history all in, like, one kind of crashing down on you but in, like, the best possible way. And just a bananas game. Like you were saying, um, Tembi Katlana scores that winner the 92nd minute of 11 minutes of injury time, which I think ended up ballooning out to at least... 15 yeah because a couple of players needed treatment and stuff like that like it was very very dramatic there was a point where there was so much gesturing going on on the Italy bench (laughs) about this time and I was like go on go you good things I'm not gonna lie my thought yesterday while talking to some people about Italy was um well you in order to you know get out of the World Cup, you actually have to be at the World Cup. So the women have at least done that, um, which I can imagine is not any consolation to Italian fans listening. Um, But, yeah, I think there's something really uh, powerful to be said about, like, specifically from this match day, Jamaica and South Africa progressing through to the knockouts in the place of a Brazil and an Italy who were at the knockouts last Uh, time we were at a world cup and what that Mm. means for not only like the football that's being played but just like the global standard of women's football um and the shifting dynamics of like the the rules the rules of women's football and i'm doing air quotes here listeners have changed if teams like italy and brazil can get knocked out in the group stage and teams like jamaica and south africa south africa can go through so it absolutely rules. Also, South Africa, when they're on, like the goals they score are very beautiful. And I love Yeah, they're not playing shit football. Like they're not they're not playing boring style football. Like it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like they give it a proper crack and Desiree Ellis and her team deserve so much credit for it. 
Because obviously it's, I think it's very different to say Jamaica who have built their path to the knockouts based on rock-solid defence. Um, and, you know, I feel like with, with Jamaica, if you get a goal or two, the way they've been playing, it'd be very hard for them to get one back. Mm-hmm. Um, but South Africans feel like a constant threat. They're a bit more of a you score two goals, we'll score three yeah. kind of team, which is chaotic. But we love a bit of chaos. And, you know, I think sometimes you've got to take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's educated risks because it's not like they've been like, getting smashed at the back or anything like that. Like, I mean, the main reason Italy go out, right, is because of getting smashed in that one game by Sweden. So the goal, goal difference is really – and, well, sorry, points actually come into it as well now. But, like, that played a big role in terms of the pressure Italy were under to um, in this tournament. But, yeah, just awesome football. South Africa, they deserve it. Um, excited for them. Excited to see how they do. They're up against the Netherlands next, mm-hmm. which will be, um, yeah, fascinating to see how they handle it um, because if there's one team that have shown they can punish teams that are loose with the ball, it is the Netherlands. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. I love seeing these teams go on and, and do special things. Yeah, and I'm just really excited about how, because I feel like in terms of, like, style of play Jamaica and South Africa are basically at opposite ends of the spectrum how much that actually helps them in the knockouts because I feel like Jamaica's approach obviously works in a group stage and it has worked in a group stage we're literally looking at the proof of it but can it actually do anything in knockout football we're gonna find out off to penalties off to penalties would be the the bottom I get mama um sorry to the Jamaican fans god that sounds like a nightmare but yeah South Africa you've obviously got high risk high reward kind of football but as you said so South Africa are coming up against the Netherlands um the other two results from yesterday were France 6, Panama 3. Like, we weren't watching this. We were watching the Jamaica game, the Jamaica-Brazil game. But every time someone would check their phone, you were like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and it's just the most bizarre result. France are through. That's good. But I think the, the thing we need to talk about from that game was the Marta Cox free kick. So please. Oh, my God. Talk, tell us about the be- Marta Cox free kick. Was it was 40 yards out. It was around that mark. Like, it's going to be one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Um, the way she steps up and just fizzes it. It just, it, like, it just completely unstoppable. It's one of the, like, the scariest looking free kicks I've ever seen. The way it sort of fizzes into the top corner. Like, and let's not forget, this is the first goal of the match. So you've got France that are like, we just got to get the job done. And, you know, away we go. We're off to the round of 16, top of the group, blah, 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 blah. And then you get, you know, your first set piece. And what are you meant to do as a defence when you get you give away a free kick and, you know, you'd think it's a, a relatively, you know, okay area to, to give away. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of danger here, but it should be one we can we can handle pretty well. We'll we'll see how that one plays out. And then you get Marta Cox just pulling off one of the, the greatest free kicks that you'll ever see. Hang on, I'm just watching it again. Um, just so I can describe it better. It's it's like you're watching it and it just keeps rising. <laughs> like the way she's fizzed it, the way she hits it. Sorry, you couldn't hear that, could you? Um, the way she hits it, the way it just fizzes and just keeps going up and up and up and buries in the top corner. Like I'm impressed it didn't keep going through the net and into the stands. Like she's hit it that hard. But yeah, just a 
like an absolutely wonderful goal. And yeah, it was, it's really one of the highlights. And I, I think that was Panama's first ever goal at a World Cup, right? So like, what a way to do it. And it, it's one of those ones where if you're going to watch it, make sure you watch like every single angle because it fizzes and it curves and it's so like it completely deceives the goalkeeper and then the goalkeeper makes the right um, sort of dive, but she's never any chance of getting it. It's yeah, just one of the most wonderfully struck free kicks you'll ever see. It's clearly one of the goals of the tournament. And yeah, it would have been pretty incredible if you were sat behind that goal, I reckon, just to see the way it curves. It ends up inside the side netting as well, which just shows what sort of whip she got on it. It's yeah, just lovely little ode to that goal we loved it it deserved its own ode also we had a real tough time trying to watch that while we were walking to the pub so that was a there was a lot of geo-blocked videos which annoyed me endlessly but we move on that's my own personal gripe the final game from yesterday was sweden to argentina nil which i feel like not a deeply unsurprising result so the angle I want to talk about for this one is more the fact that Sweden have now confirmed that they will be playing the US in the round of 16. And Angela and I had a little chat yesterday about the US basically having an existential crisis about what are they? What are they doing? What's happening? Um, And how in a weird kind of way, it did feel like all roads were leading to a, a matchup with Sweden because that's just what happens at World Cups. Just always. The US play all Sweden. always lead to Sweden. <laughs> but what is your take now that it has been confirmed on this round of 16 clash, which will see the US take on Sweden in Melbourne from memory? Firstly, I can just advise people, if you're watching back the games from yesterday, like, Go the real small mini-match of this one. Um, not a belter this game. Sweden made nine changes so they could rest players for the anticipated, I guess, US game to, you know, knowing that you may well have to go 120-plus minutes. It ends up being about 140 minutes with all this extra time that's happening. Um, yeah, so they were pretty – lacked a bit of cohesion early, um, but I reckon they would have been really pleased with the way they fought through and, and you know, they got one goal by Blomqvist and then won a penalty for their second. Um so, yeah, job done. But, yeah, oh, it's exciting. Um, Melbourne will be a very fun place for that, although maybe it will be a good thing that we'll be away with the Tillies because I think it will break my heart to hear I believe that we will win in my beloved Amy Park. So, if yeah, that might be the source of my nightmares for the next few days. Um, don't want to think about it. Um, but as a gay, incredible. And Sweden have to feel like, they're in such a good position to do the thing that everyone, sorry, Americans listening, that just about, sorry, every just about everyone wants them to do and knock out this US team because the US have looked so dysfunctional. You guys talked about it yesterday. Plenty of analysis have since how so it feels so defensively rigid. They're, la- they're lacking real punch in midfield. They're going to be without Rose Lavelle because of yellow card suspension. And Sweden... Um, a lot of their top players have just had the benefit of being able to rest for their last game. Can't imagine that. That would be nice. No chaos, simply existing. Um, but it, it, it's going to be a belter, I reckon. And the thing is, you can never write off the US. They'll have their backs to the wall now. They'll want to rise to the occasion. Sweden, 
equally have a point to prove as the team that is really like always the bridesmaids at major international tournaments. Um, they get through the US things, hopefully for their sake, will open up a bit. Um, I think when we were looking pre-tournament and you look at how the draw was playing out, you're like, oh, you know, they should be in a pretty good position. Um, but realistically, by topping the group, it was almost always going to be a USA or, or Netherlands in the round of 16. But, you know, you got to beat the best to to be the best. They'll they'll know that. They'll, they'll have known for a while that they had to get through the round of 16 and then a really tough obstacle was going to come. Um, and I, feel, I think they'll feel well prepared. They've got the maximum nine points. They overcame that one shaky game they had against South Africa. They've put in some, I think, very mature performances early in this tournament, very professional handling of the of the group stage. And, yeah, they'll be up for it. Um, and it's weird with the US at times. I felt like against Portugal that was the most dysfunctional they've looked, like in terms of their attack and not offering a heap, whereas early on you'd be like, oh, Sophia Smith's doing a bit, Alex Morgan's looking lively and, yeah, watching that USA game the other day, as we know, they're a post away from going out. So, no, I'm excited. I think this is a must-watch. I think it will be really, really good. Um, yeah, and if the USA go out in the round of 16, like, geez, I hope some tour companies are ready to, for some big spending Americans who uh, need to find a way to spend the rest of their time because, uh, yeah, they've got two and a bit weeks to spend and, yeah, if the US women's national team aren't in action, they're going to be looking for some things to do. They're going to need to regroup somewhere, somehow, probably somewhere inconvenient, like in the middle of a train station. Um, but yeah, no, I'm buzzing for this. Um, and I feel like Sweden, they're not really kicked fully into gear yet. So if they can do start doing that in this game, then it could be um, quite a scary proposition. I can't wait to watch it. I'm so excited about it, honestly. Um, so, yeah, we will we will wait and we will watch. And, look, I think it's going to be fun regardless what happens, even though it, there is obviously a, the most fun result possible there. But um, I think that's us done for today. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with the group? She's shaking her head. It's a no from Harrow. Um, like I said, we are recording on a Thursday, which means we today is the last day of the group stage. So our final two group stage games are Morocco, Colombia and South Korea, Germany today. So at the end of those games, we will know the full complement of round of 16 matches. It's going to be very exciting. We'll obviously talk about them tomorrow and then we will have a little girl rest, um, obviously, because we're not going to talk about the rest day. Um, but yeah, that's us. And if you expect that, like, come on, man. We're tired. We've worked really hard. A little bit of respect for the girl rest. Um, but anyway, that's us done for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google seems to be working again. So big thumbs up to that. Uh, remember, wherever you do listen to subscribe. So you get all of these episodes directly into your feed. If you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, bye. Thank you.